I can't stop doing Neil deGrasse Tyson impression. <laughs> it was like, have you ever seen, like, like you watch like Planet Earth or something, and they show you an incredibly dumb animal, like a goat or a fish or something in between, like Ted Cruz, and you're like, <laughs> okay, this is a bizarre thing, and another one shows up, and they start butting heads and fighting, and you're like, well, this isn't good for me, right? This isn't beautiful or helpful or really shouldn't be natural. I hate this, but I'm not going to look away. Right? <laughs> and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Joe Rogan, two uh, classic, like, dumb guys, but with, like, smart guy energy, you know? Like, two people who are famous for communicating ideas more than, like, really being deep into Yeah, you those throw ideas. Uh, Bill Nye into that pile. Yeah, look, I, I think that science communication is, like, really important like your brian cox is your brian green basically if you're a white guy named brian you can be an astrophysicist at Columbia <laughs> University. Um, but no neil degrasse tyson went on the joe rogan podcast and i listened to every second of it because both of them were like on one like they're both so big and famous now and so sort of dumb that, that they went back and forth where neil would explain something scientific and Joe would just like not understand at all or like do this thing where it's like, oh no, particles can fuck you up. Like I took ayahuasca in Chile and like <laughs> it, that was, people don't realize molecules are God. And then so that would make, <laughs> that would make Neil deGrasse Tyson go off on a thing like, and the thing about God is he's not just in the molecule because if he was, we could split God. There'd be an infinite <laughs> amount of God. And like he would just go off like that for so long that he both of them would forget what they were talking about and you could hear them just going in circles kind of like what you're experiencing right now <laughs> but they got mad at each other because they were so used to just communicating openly or communicating down on a stage to whoever's there right they were just famous enough they're like Neil, what does that mean? Neil, why are you so mad about stars right now? <laughs> right? And you're like, what don't you get about this? Gravity is gravity, even if you are on ayahuasca. <laughs> it's just two, two catty queens just butting heads over and over. They're, they're both messy bitches who love drama, apparently. They, God, they, they, it's funny because that really is true. <laughs> This is Brett at Relentless Board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. I'm still recovering from a hell of a week. Uh, watching the Dem debate changed me uh, in ways that I'm, I'm still trying to discover, but not <laughs> for the better, I assure you. <laughs> and uh, with us this week, we have Matt from Breadline Pod, Redwall Pod, and Liquid Flannel. Hey, everybody. Yeah, thanks I, for inviting uh, me. I feel like that's, that's three for three. Me. Yep. Yep, that's right. And uh, possibly a fourth one, I don't know. People keep uh, telling me that I can't stop now. Like, if I've started a podcast empire, I've got to keep going. I've got to just, <laughs> just keep adding shows. If there's one thing shows, we need, you know. more than anything, more than understanding, more yep. than tolerance, it's more podcasts. <laughs> and most people won't make them, but, but you will. If, if all of my podcasts are only going to make, you know, uh, maybe like $20 a month a piece then I need something like 60 different podcasts in order to get up to those, uh, like the Chapa levels of Patreon support. Yeah, you know, you know what? You, you, you don't need uh, the best guns. You just need enough of them. That's and right. You're, you're really the podcast battle of Kursk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Even if they cancel five or six a week, you're just going to keep on coming. <laughs> Matt's, the, uh, Matt's the discount retailer of podcasts. That's right. Yeah, come down to the mattress firm of podcasts. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll set you up with something that is passable. Um, that will be affordable for your budget. Just picking up like a dented can and it's like, well, this doesn't look too bad. Why is it? Oh, yeah, it, it, it contains trots. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's cheap. The price is right. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to say I have never once been canceled over something I said on a podcast, though. Um, well, in I, fact, I, I believe I, in I you. I tweeted about that, that, you know, we've been recording liquid flannel for like three years now. 
and we've got over 150 episodes. That's probably like 500 cumulative hours of recording. And we have never been racist against anybody except the Irish and nobody cares. Yeah, well, that's not racism. Right. You, you can't be racist against another species or that species. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, you have to be clear with your terms, right? It's not good that you're being speciesist, just like it wouldn't be right. good uh, if I found some sort of, I don't know, uh, albino emu running out in the world and just kicked it. Right. right. Well, I mean, I'm, it's not I'm a perfect part metaphor, of, but it, it kind of works for the Irish, huh? I'm part of that <laughs> cursed subrace, so you know, I can make these jokes. Yeah, but at least you have infravision and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or are there just no? How do the there's NH- no talent traits at all? Yeah. What are the Irish talent traits like? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I can, I can, I can balance a quarter perfectly on my sloped back forehead. Um, so you know, that's that's a good bar trick at least. Where, uh, where my family really just you know smart smart dudes all the way down. They figured out that you get a little bit of the slav. Well, let's be honest, a lot of the slav for the protruding forehead and brow. <laughs> but then you mix in just enough Scottish Irish in there to pull it back a little bit. <laughs> now, it's not going to look normal, but geometrically, it should check out. I'm picturing, picturing this like the uh, uh, like Mario sixty four opening screen where you could fuck around with his head and like drag his yes. forehead back and drag his yes, nose down. Uh, yeah. That, that very much explains the Slav. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is God did what he did, and he was like, well, work here is done. Time to kick back and just relax. And, <laughs> and Satan was like, well, you still have a little material here. And he's like, shut the fuck up. Sent him to hell, but now hell's full. <laughs> so he's like, I don't know. And Mario Maker, that bad boy, threw it down. And uh, you know, after on a long enough timeline, we got Chopin. So, yeah. you know. it's, my, uh, it's my favorite chapter from Paradise Lost, actually. Look, that Milton knew his stuff. Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe don't quote John Milton on race. <laughs> <laughs> also, all the good Slav content uh, in the Bible is in the Apocrypha, obviously. Like, that goes without saying. Book sure. Enoch, it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> you have to read through the lines a little bit, but the good news is because the church denies it, uh, no one can really check you. So go off. <laughs> Uh, so Matt, now that we have yours, I was going to ask, uh, so you've been doing liquid flannel for a while, and then you have two other ones that I've started up pretty recently. So you have the Breadline Pod, which uh, Anna guested on our podcast, episode like eight, I believe. So super yeah. early on, who's on Crumb that with shots. you. Crumb that Shots. Crumb Shots, yeah. the name of that. Crumb. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. C-R-U-M-B. We've only gone downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, so our favorite episode of that one um, that we recommend to everybody is the prison episode. Oh, yeah. So fucking good. On Breadline, right? Yeah, yeah on Breadline. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very honored, actually, that uh, people remember that thing because, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an incredibly important story that I think people tend not to think about very much. Right. That uh, and we talked about it on the episode, how easy it is for most people in America to think like well once you go to prison we don't care if it's like good anymore uh, for you yeah you know like it's this is part of your punishment and so we've got people who are literally trying to i mean they're they're trading sexual favors for like one more seven dollar packet of ramen at the the commissary or whatever yeah the commissary is literally a human rights abuse oh yes it's it's capital having found bodies that they can fully like mask off exploit right seven dollars mm-hmm. for ramen that's really high right but the good news is you also make five cents a day yep so uh i'm just going to put you in that sort of level of precarity i'm going to make anyone's resources both extremely limited and valuable but also accessible since you'll have no protections hope no violence happens because yeah. you won't care yeah like, yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely 100% right and um that was uh that was a really tough. So we actually did two episodes on the the prison food issue. Um we talked to uh we talked to a guy who had been in prisons and yeah. interviewed him about, you know, what it's like to, you know, yeah, exactly, like make 25 cents an hour. And then the only like good food that you're getting is whatever you can buy from the commissary for these insanely jacked up prices. Um, and then we talked to uh, what was her name, Chandra Bazelko, 
who also has been in prison and now works in this field of uh, like reforming the prison system, uh, especially around food, because she worked in the kitchens there. And she saw, you know, firsthand the abuses of like, I mean, they're bringing in things that are that are literally labeled like not fit for human consumption. Like this is supposed to go to a dog food factory. That's not me being hyperbolic. That's literally what this meat was supposed to go to. Um, and it's like, OK, turn this into hamburger helper. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. I, I think anybody listening to this show or anybody who follows like any of the three of us on Twitter probably is more left leaning and they know about the abuses um, of the the carceral system. And what we wanted to do with those episodes was highlight uh, uh, an aspect of that that you don't normally hear about unless like there's a huge uh, like scandal that breaks out like, you know, when, you know, it's uh, like prison packed spinach or whatever suddenly has like a causes a massive E. coli outbreak across the entire country, you know, th then it's like everybody's blaming the prisoners instead of blaming the carceral system for not having like OSHA workplace standards and, you know, food safety issues and stuff like that. And, and that's that's kind of the point of of the Breadline podcast generally is that, um, you know, you, you look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I and will not like look food. at Maslow's hierarchy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I didn't but skip you know that, like, freshman psych for nothing. <laughs> but you know, you know generally what it is, right? That like, mm -hmm. you know, like just above like air is food. And so all of the issues that we talk about on the left also are intricately uh, involved with food issues. And that was the thing that we wanted to do with the Breadline Pod um, was kind of highlight food issues uh, for like leftists, you know, organizers and agitators, and also highlight leftism for uh, like foodies, right? Because like people who care about food tend to be, I'm going to say like a little bit more liberal leaning. And that's not quite far enough. Like, you really need to start questioning the, uh, the 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 foundational like material circumstances that give rise to these problems that that are that are popping up. So, if you're into food, you really should be reading fucking Marx at this point. You know, like and and talking. Do about I have, how... Do I have to read the bread book? I don't want to read the bread book. It's oh, pretty God. good. Yeah, I read pictures. Angle's um, book had pictures like of hot herbs and stuff. Are there bread what's, recipes? What's nice about Kropotkin is that you can kind of uh, like kind of duck into it and read a little bit and then duck back out. You don't have to read it as one big tome. What's nice about Kropotkin? That, that, sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, we, we need a uh, everybody loves Kropotkin. That'll be the uh, the reboot that they bring back on uh, on Netflix here pretty soon. I want welcome back Cotter, but it's just Kropotkin. Welcome back Kropotkin. <laughs> we keep we keep all the racial stereotypes, and Kropotkin just has to work his way through. <laughs> hey, the losing Gaudieri down in the back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference for nobody. So, so yeah, I'm 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 really glad that you brought up uh, the breadline because yeah we have been on hiatus for a while. Um, we had uh, our other co-host Mark um, was working on a farm uh, during you know the seasons that you farm, so he was always kind of hard to like wrangle into a recording session. And Anna like moved and was dealing with some other stuff. So I've got a whole bunch of ideas written down for. It. I'd I'd really like to get it back up off the ground because I think it's a a really important project that I don't people people responded to it while we were doing episodes and it has been like six months but you know um uh, yeah I'd like to I'd like to get it back up off the ground because um we can't do leftism without talking about food food security and food justice I don't think anyone's mad if you take some time between episodes when you're producing the sort of quality you do like I, at least for me I look at breadline uh like um, what is it, Dan Carlin, like hardcore history? Oh like, shit, man! I, that's that's really nice. I really appreciate that. Oh, I mean, it's just in terms of like when it comes out, I'm like, sick. Here we go, and like let let's get into this. Yeah, and because Sweet. it's good. Look, if we told people 
that it takes a month to make an episode of Dumb and Awful, that would be a... Uh, <laughs> you can't really pull that off, right? They're like, what research is going? <laughs> like, outside of it taking about three weeks for us to figure out how Discord and an H5 mixer work, like, there's really no excuse. But with you guys, it's like, yeah, you're doing interviews and talking. Yeah, okay, take your time. So right, don't, don't feel yeah. too bad about that. I have a feeling the audience will be very uh, excited to hear your next episode. Hell yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've got a whole bunch of ideas written down and we actually have reached out to some uh, like other journalists and activists. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, finding times that work for everybody to sit down and record, you know, like you said, some interviews and stuff like that. So yeah, so hopefully uh, Breadline, Breadline reboot uh, pretty soon. Hell yeah, we're excited for that one. Yeah, so that's uh, Breadline Pod. And you have another one you started up recently that I was very excited about personally, uh, the Red Wall Pod. Which oh, for that's the, great. Yeah. For those who don't know, so the Red Wall Books is a series of books by Brian. I actually listened and you guys pronounced differently than I always had in my head. In my head, I, I made his name French. He was Brian Jacques. Right, Brian um, Jacques. That's how I did it too. But uh, then we watched some interviews and apparently, no, he, like every British person ever, pronounces every foreign word incorrectly. So he's his name is Brian Jakes. Sure, man. Yo, that shit sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's, he has a series of books about what are basically like woodland forest creatures uh, in medieval times. And they form all the like hedgehogs and mice form an abbey in the middle of the woods there's lots of feasts and then they occasionally have to deal with uh people trying to murder them and those people being like stoats and ferrets and snakes and foxes <laughs> right yeah um ends up being that's awesome in, in a lot of ways like incredibly racist a lot of the times oh, that's uh, i don't remember we, uh, we, i was, we in, had, I was in florida well, so probably paled in comparison to my real conditions <laughs> right well, see, this was a uh, this was the thing. So, um, I had just read, uh, we we just got a copy of Redwall uh, at my house, and I read back through it, and I was like, I remember reading these as a kid, and I didn't pick up on the like really weird race essentialism, the uh, the very strange <laughs> religion stuff. You know, and yeah, when like, you said I've, found an abbey, I'm like, that's a weird thing for a turtle and a hedgehog to do. <laughs> you really should have other priorities. Listen, I was as a chubby kid. I just wanted to hear about like literally anything with a sword and then feasts. So yeah, yeah, totally. No, and they're great. I mean, the stories are actually super fun, and it's all like you know, like if you haven't read them, it's sort of like picture I don't know Dungeons and Dragons or like Lord of the Rings or something, except all of the characters are like woodland critters. You know, so like usually your hero is like a mouse or a badger. Usually your bad guys are like a really especially evil sea rat or uh, yeah. like a fair or like a fox who's a slave driver or something like that. Yeah. And they're, they're super fun to read as a kid. But reading them again as an adult, I was like, wow, there's a lot that you could pick apart in here. So I made a yeah, joke that like this one actually started off as a joke where I, I just, you know, I, I had like, you know, that hot post on on Twitter that was like, really some socialists need to make a podcast about the red wall books and like the government, the racism, the religion, like all of the, the different themes, honest to God, intending it just as being like a throwaway comment on Twitter. And then like 900 people replied with like, Oh my God, where's this been my entire life? Like, how do we, how do we fund your Patreon? It's like, Oh shit. Okay. Um, I am not one to turn down another opportunity to start a podcast. So <laughs> clearly, uh, yeah. So uh, for for, the, yeah, for so the listener who can't see him right now, two podcasts just fell off of him like the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> started their own Patreons just since he's joined. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, so we started it up and it's been super fun. So like every episode, we read one of the books and we do like a real brief recap of what the book is about. And then we just talk about whatever whatever came up for us. And like like I said, when you read them as a kid, you don't notice like how racist it is. Brett certainly did. Nope. <laughs> well, I, I, I did not. Like, just like, that, that is like Florida, you know? Right. Like Florida is, you're not, on average, you roll the dice on your parents in Florida. You're not going to get the woke one that's like, you know, it's give a mouse a cookie, but it's also about means testing. And you at age five <laughs> right, are like, great. Yeah. No. <laughs> Look, I, I, oh, no. Brett, I, I, you missed this, the, this story, you missed the effects. 
I'm even worse. Like my parents are not unpacking anything. I remember just like watching Song of the South and being like, "Damn, that dude hates briar patches." <laughs> That's actually yes. Uh, that was I had the thought. exact same experience. What's wrong? What happens in briar patches? And oh. we'd we'd go to Disney and they have that ride, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is a fucking briar patch." He's always angry about. Right. Uh, for a good for a good portion of my life, I was afraid of of falling in tar because I saw that image so yeah. much around me. Sure. Yeah, why the f- that's the South. Yeah. But like, Rob, you, you brought up the idea of, uh, of means testing as like an example of racism. I- I'm talking about like actual honest to God, like blood libel using calipers on skulls racism in these Jesus. books. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, and it's stuff that, <laughs> and, and we and we talk about it on the show that like when you uh, when you show kids a story, you know, like let kids read a story that has things in it like um, like really elaborate descriptions of the foxes as being um, I mean, they're gypsies. They're they're coded as being like the Romani. So they're the they're oh, the fortune tellers. Yeah, they're the fortune tellers. They travel around in big carts covered in like beautiful silks. They steal children and sell them to underground, uh, like slave cabals. You know, uh, it, it, you know, reading it as an adult and you're going like, "Wow, this shit is this is like Quillette levels of racism at this point." Um, so anyway, yeah. So it's it's super fun. We have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. See, I just remember the like otters and hares are badasses, and then there's always one super hardcore badger who lives literally in a mountain because he couldn't resist himself. Yep. And the badgers are always like the biggest badasses in the book. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. It's extremely yeah, cool. That is that is the level of Brett is analyzing. The badgers are pretty <laughs> fucking badass. Extremely cool. <laughs> like it's just it's surface. I remember the first time I watched Blazing Saddles with Brett. He was like, "Well, what happened with the story? Are they going to come back to it?" <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that gunplay's cool." <laughs> Not really sure why the, the townsfolk are so angry all the why time. Why are they but. in the 70s now? Were, were there cars yeah, they're back in that, then? <laughs> that Dom DeLuise uh, scene with all the like the gay dancers, and it's like, well, well, what happened with the with the townsfolk? Like, did did that ever get resolved? <laughs> <laughs> that that municipality was a disaster, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> But yeah, Redwall Pod, check it out if you also read those books and were obsessed with them. And uh, one of the co-hosts, Ghostwife, does a recipe from the books. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, Melly, um, Epona West, um, every... That that was the main reason she signed on was because she read these books as a kid and always wanted to be making recipes from them. And yeah. I guess... Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the feasts are truly epic. Um, but she gets so frustrated and it's hilarious that like Brian Jakes doesn't seem to know how food works at all. Like he's got an idea of how food works, but it's like, if you ask the little kid, like, how do you make a recipe for like a cake or something? Um, it's, it's really, really bad. So anybody who's on our, our Patreon for the Redwall podcast also gets actual recipes that Melly makes and they're fucking amazing like i think our next one is going to be it's like uh like watercress and shrimp like soup uh, or stew or something like that with like Dope. like wheat flat cakes with honey and like i i don't know she she goes all out for those so. i just remember there's always a lot of honey clotted cream and fruit oh yeah mm. yep yeah why, why don't you do anything like that for our patreon subscribers <laughs> we're basically doing nothing for them just changing lives <laughs> but that's, yeah that's redwall pod i'm gonna hop into something here so one of the this it wasn't a news article or anything i've been watching a lot of bob's burgers uh i rewatched all series recently because you know why not on hulu and uh because you only have one mortal life i guess yeah exactly so why not spend <laughs> it on an adorable show that's just the first thing yeah okay why not it's making you happy certainly going outside it, the odds aren't good no. for anyone, really. <laughs> and I say the Hulu thing specifically because they have advertisements they force on me. So I'm sitting there and I've been watching Hulu and they usually do this really irritating thing where they run the same ad like five times over the course of like three commercial breaks. And the one I kept seeing was this one for an app called Earn It. That is so... I don't know anything about this because, again, I will not read the outline. Uh, 
I thought Verrett was a bad name. Earn It is not inspiring confidence. I feel like this is not going to be a great community organizing tool. No, no, he had that. He had that great uh, series of movies. Um, Earn It goes to camp. Um, Earn It scared stupid. <laughs> you know what? What we need. Just as leftist praxis, I would love to see Earn It Scared Stupid. <laughs> that, that's really the anti-capitalist message we want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Vern, if you don't have a cultural revolution, Vern, how the landlord's going to learn? Yeah, right. Brett, I'm sorry, as a quick aside, so... Um, uh, we take October very seriously on the Liquid Flannel podcast, and this year we're going to have uh, the Lit Crate guy and his partner on the Horror Vanguard podcast come on to talk about uh, like kids horror movies and like Halloween movies, oh, and we absolutely so are doing uh, Ernest Scared Stupid because oh yeah, that one's I, amazing. It's a classic. Yeah, uh, and it's it's also uh, like deeply troubling when you watch it as a kid right there's some scary shit in that one. <laughs> oh, by the way so this entire uh sidetrack is because i mispronounced the name it's earn in oh okay. like like <laughs> er, like 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 you're earning a paycheck but minus the g which is even right. dumber i tried to turn it into something that made sense to my brain sorry <laughs> I, I can still make this anti-capitalist here we go here we go, here we go. Earn, <laughs> what's that sound like an earn in could be like in hey i, I think that's actually just as good we should be earning uh, all the landlords by yep. putting them into urns. Right. <laughs> <laughs> got there. You got there. Yeah, that was good. This is satire. <laughs> obviously, I don't encourage anyone to do anything other than, yet again, subscribe to Patreon. No, we're talking about any video game. <laughs> yeah, if it happens in a video game, it doesn't count. That's why right. you, you, everyone logs on to say the N-word, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this Earn an app, uh, they kept pushing advertisements. I was intrigued because the way they position it seemed like a vaguely nonprofit thing. And I was like, but how the fuck do they have a massive advertising budget? That doesn't check out, right? So I looked into it, and the idea behind this app is supposed to be that it's bullshit that you only get a paycheck every two weeks or every one week, right? You should be able to get that money the minute you've earned through your work, right? So like and I did eight hours today, true, I, should get, I should get my yeah. money at the end of the day. Right. And so they have this whole app that's based off of like, we're going to give you that money uh, per day or week or whatever, as you wait to get to your paycheck. And then when you get to your paycheck, we're just going to take the money that we've given you ahead of time out of your bank account. Now, as long as I have no financial education, don't think too hard about this, which this is not a stretch for me. This seems perfectly fine and I'm ready to sign up. I can't foresee an issue. Right. And so, and it gets, it gets more interesting and you're like, all right, well, do they charge money? Like, no, they request tips. So if after, you know, they, they've loaned you a hundred dollars, uh, uh, because you, you know, you, you worked like three days this week, they give you a hundred dollars, you get your paycheck next week, they take the hundred out and then they go, Hey, will you tip us? And you go, yeah, no, sure. And then they give suggested tips, which is interesting. Um, and so you can supposedly tip or not tip as you so choose. So I read that and I thought, okay, the way it's positioned makes it seem like this is like a weird sort of community financial bank kind of situation, but that doesn't micro make sense. Lending or something like that. Yeah. Right. That's what it seems like. It seems like they took a micro lending concept and twisted it a little. And it's like, all right, that's intriguing. But again, how the fuck do they have an advertising budget? Because if they're doing true micro lending in a nonprofit style, they would not be spending money on advertising this aggressively. So I looked into it and oh boy, do they get a ton of money from other places. So they just had a series C funding. So there's, this is a startup. This is a Silicon Valley startup. They just did their Series C funding where they got $125 million from like Andreessen Horowitz, Spark Capital, uh, March Capital Partners, Ribbit Capital. And before that, they had gotten something like $60 million on their previous round. So to be clear here, we have an app that seems like it's doing good for people and giving them money um, before they get to their paycheck because they've already done the work. Right. And only asking for a tip in return, but who is heavily, heavily subsidized by venture capitalists, which every alarm should go off at that point because no venture capitalist gives you money without expecting a return. Yeah, that was my, that was my exact takeaway. So I, I, uh, I did read the outline. 
and I read all of those articles. And how dare you? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, don't don't flaunt your your reading privilege. <laughs> hey, look, man, if I'm gonna go on a podcast, I want to know what I'm talking about. Um, Why? No one else does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was my big takeaway too, right? Because uh, they they're not charging. This isn't like balloon loan. Uh, like interest rates, like you would get at a a payday lending place or something like that. Um, And as far as that goes, it's good. And then you realize that they're being funded by venture capital, and you've got to wonder how long it is before they get to that point. Um, Well, where where instead of just asking for tips, they're, I mean, because they're already putting limits on how much people can withdraw from the app based on, whether or not you tip. Yeah, so so this is where when you dig, you start to get into some of the sketchier stuff, right? So one, they limit how much you're allowed to take out to $100 a week if you don't actually pay out the suggested tip. The suggested tips are, are equivalent to about a 700% APR um, if you work Jesus. out the interest. That's really good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's like the highest you can get, man. Yeah. My student loans are only like 12. I would love more APR. Right? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> And uh, which, which, by the way, if that was, uh, if they call this a loan, that would break uh, caps in a lot of cities that have a cap at like 25%, like New York, for instance. And the other part that's really interesting is if you don't pay the tips, they seem to ping your credit and lower your credit rating. Yeah. So is it really voluntary to tip if you are artificially limited and they wreck your credit for not paying what is an incredibly high interest rate. So what I'm saying is this is a payday lender and they're doing the same Silicon Valley thing as normal where they, they, it's like wolf in sheep's clothing shit, right? They're positioning themselves as, you know, we, we, we deeply care about people and this is the sort of thing we're concerned with. And they get 10% of the way to the right answer, right? Of like, you know, it's bullshit that you have to wait two weeks to get paid. And like, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. That is bullshit. And uh, it, it's it fascinating because the guy who founded it said like, oh, well, I developed a system for this when I was running another fucking <laughs> right, yeah, this startup company. Fucking most hilarious shit of this whole story was the guy was like, I used to write people advances on their paychecks when I ran a company. Um, and it was like, could I have been paying them more? Well, sure, but this <laughs> seemed to work fine for me. <laughs> he even was like, you know, even though we paid fair wages, people still needed the money earlier. Like, Ah, uh, so maybe those wages aren't that fair then, huh? Yeah, yeah. If people are constantly drowning anyway, it's like the it's a it's a live version of like means testing shit, right? Of like, well, paying people more might be good, but you know it would be even better just giving them the money with a crazy high interest rate. It's like, yeah, right. payday payday lenders have existed forever; they're all the scourge of the earth. Congrats on finding a new way to slip that in. Well, and you've got to fucking love uh, Ezra Klein and Vox.com. I do not. I never have to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Where their their whole big, like, here's the breakdown, like, here's the explainer or whatever on it. It's like, okay, so they're not actually addressing any of the root causes of, like, poverty amongst millennials. Uh, but, like, this is better than them going to a pawn shop, right? <laughs> it's like, no, because you, you can buy weed at a pawn shop. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. He was they they even laid out like, "Oh, so this is basically useless. It does seem to have some sort of predatory aspect to it." But I don't know, it's better than nothing. And they even <laughs> right. There is that, that sounds like all my exes. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is they they interviewed this woman, uh Myra, who has to use it. And then it says uh for customers like her, Earning is a necessary service, even if she's entirely comfortable with handing over her bank information and other sensitive data to a VC-backed startup. Quote, I'm alone comfortable with it, but I'm not uncomfortable enough with it to not use it. I think it takes a degree of privilege to be able to keep all your information private. Myra fucking understands the situation she's in pretty goddamn well, huh? Yeah. Because you have to give them access to everything. You have to give them location access so that they know you're actually at your job. You have to give them yeah, access to your work was, records. That shit was fucking straight up dystopian that they know when you're at work earning because... Oh, they're selling all that data, too. That's the other part of their how Absolutely. they're going to make money. Yeah. But yeah, so earning, if you see this advertisement and you think, like, I'm fucking hurting, it's a payday lender. If you go in with eyes wide open and you're cool with that, great. But just know that's what it is. The lotto is still good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fuck, oh, good. 
I, I, uh, the other good news about this is New York State is actually investigating them for doing sketchy bullshit. So at least right. one state seems to give a fuck. Yeah, no, New York State is actually pretty good. Um, we generally have progressive prosecutors here. Uh, half of them end up uh, losing their job for sex crimes or being a weirdo or abusive. But, yeah, progressives. Yeah, but the, yeah, the other half of them <laughs> go after this stuff. <laughs> also, we have Tish James as the state AG now. So, yeah, we're going to be more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's earning. I just thought that was wild and I wanted to share that with everybody because I got I got tra- trapped into a weird fucking Silicon Valley hole of like, what what new evil is this? Yeah, it's it's shocking because... I mean, really, it, and and it was the it was reading the interviews with the founder um, that really kind of demonstrate like how uh, like craven all of this is, right? Because he really thinks that he's providing providing a like a public service doing this kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, how they're positioning it too. They're they right. are they are stealing like straight up language that I've seen nonprofits use all over the place, right. and they know it. They I absolutely know what they're doing. You know, it's amazing. Actually, this isn't amazing. Uh, it, it sucks. Uh, so when my my student loans are just garnished, like that, that's fucking going directly out. And so I don't get tax rebates or anything. I mean, I get it, but they go directly to the government. Like I never get to touch it. Um, right. It's a huge pain in the ass and vote Bernie. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yep. one year around tax season, I actually did get this like nicely branded um, packet from i don't know like equifax or experience no, no it was from i don't remember the company but i opened it and it was all this like tips on getting the highest refund and resources and numbers you could call and let us help you and here's a promo so you can get your your tax stuff done and i was like damn this is like really helpful you know because I'm, I'm not necessarily great at this i'm sure other people aren't as well and so i, I dug into into it uh it's from my student loan servicer. They don't give a fuck about anything, but they know that they get the rebate. So they want to make sure I have every dependent. They're basically my accountant so they can get more money oh out of me. Oh my God. Yep. That, Holy shit. Incredible, right? Holy shit. I've never heard of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For one second, I was like, oh, this, this doesn't check out with my understanding. You know, the dude internally who came up with that made a mint. Like he got a promotion. Everybody's like, you're a fucking genius, man. Yeah, I'm sure oh, yeah. they probably got tax breaks for doing like community service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. That's awesome. All right, but in actual good news and dumb news, we got a little bit of both this week. Uh, the first one is China. Sorry, this is actually from like a week and a half ago. So in the middle of all this fucking hurricane bullshit with Trump flipping out about um, drawing the map to Alabama and then trying to scream at uh, Noah and all this stuff, uh, this really interesting article slipped through right before Bolton got fired that China just did a massive, massive investment in Iran. Let me let me read you a little bit about this deal because this was interesting. So part of the new deal is they're going to invest $280 billion developing Iran's oil, gas, petrochemicals. <laughs> uh, it's all front-loaded. Um, they're going to be doing another $120 billion to upgrade Iran's transport, manufacturing infrastructure. Uh, this is similar to deals they've done in parts of Africa to like upgrade the infrastructure in exchange for mineral rights. Um, they get first refusal to bid on any new stalled or incomplete oil and gas field developments. Like it's an insanely good deal for them. And you go, oh, well, what's Iran getting besides like guaranteed stacks of cash from a world power? Well, uh, additionally, this will include up to 5,000 Chinese security personnel on the ground in Iran which basically guarantees U.S. can never fuck with Iran because they might accidentally kill a uh, Chinese army member, and then we're really in the shit then. So thank you, China. That that pretty much guarantees we're not going to war with Iran anytime soon. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet deal. You know, uh, somebody, somebody had tweeted about how um, if it had been China going into Afghanistan post-9-11, um, really what they would have done was invest, like, they would have invested $30 billion for a bunch of Chinese-branded uh, hydroelectric dams on every single creek, um, set up all of the like schools and like technical facilities that they needed to do that, and they would have left 10 years later with that country completely in peace uh, with $40 billion. Like They still would have come out uh, with a profit. 
Um, and it's amazing to me that uh, I don't know that they're outplaying the United States so badly on that, you know, that there's no there's there's nothing really other than like the John Boltons in the administration to say like, no, the only way that we can like settle our differences is through a hot war. Like, no, it's just fucking buy the country. Yeah, I'm sorry if this makes me a bitch, but like I kind of think wars should be hot or fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if 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 my wars if my wars don't have big naturals, then I'm not interested. John Bolton just looking at two oil derricks and trying not to go. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's looking at Venezuela. They're like, it's not even that developed, and he's like, yeah, that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this, this is uh, this is really interesting. I mean, mostly just because like it's great to see them save us from ourselves. Thank you, China. Um, and I, she really just drank the strength. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, but it's part of their like they have this really massive uh, investment they're doing on like the new Silk Road, basically, where they're building out this huge infrastructure pipeline and roads and pipes um, all the way from China through the Middle East, so that they have a constant flow of trade goods. And so they've been doing this progressively for years. And it's very funny that they went, yeah, Iran's the next one. Because it, it's both fuck you and helps us out. Yeah, uh, Brett, I think you just turned me into a dengist. Hell yeah. Mission accomplished. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than Trotz. Look, I'm going to ironically appropriate Trotskyism because it really doesn't mean anything in the modern day. D but dengist is somehow even less valid. <laughs> That's school of thought. And Florida news for you. Uh, somebody put in a bid on the Miami Heat Stadium for naming rights. Yeah, that's right. And they, they put in a bid for uh, $10 million. And this is after American Airlines said that they're not going to renew the naming rights with the Miami Heat, which, ooh, sorry, Miami Heat. Nobody loves you. But you know who is interested? Bang Brothers. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna turn it into the, the Bang Bros Center or BBC. Hell yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, give Bang Bros a hard time, but they're really the General Motors of South Florida. You know, they, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I remember growing up, you know, seeing my dad put in a good uh, eight to ten inches working there, <laughs> getting getting the wristwatch. You know, they were very. I remember early on that they were one of the first to really. Uh, help single mothers <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> all, all of your different stepsisters worked there at one point it's uh you know that they do a lot of good and i think it's it's time that they be recognized for it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's honestly that is less offensive to me than having to turn on a basketball game and be like welcome to cleveland for the quick and loans arena uh named for and owned by all the worst finance billionaires that are killing modern journalism. Like, yeah, that's the default. You aren't thinking about too much. What do you think about when uh, you hear "Welcome to the BBC Center"? We're ready for some basketball. Well, probably some people <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> yeah. So, Brett, I mean, has there been a uh, a competing bid for the, for no. the Miami Heat? Sent? No. Yeah. So so far, no. People thought it was purely publicity stunt, but they did actually officially submit a bid. And uh, they, they compare it to the fact that, like, when Denver had my high stadium had naming rights um, come up recently, every dispensary that had any money threw in a bid. And it's sure. like, yeah, that's fucking genius. Denver, you should do that, you idiots. One, you can support something that's actually local. And two, it's fucking hysterical. You're already yeah. called Mile High Mile Stadium. Mile High. It's a it's it's amazing. It's an amazing pun. Stop Why not? fighting. Stop fighting against the flow. It's in Miami. Like Miami, you're gonna do porn stuff. Like great. It's yeah. part of cocaine. Make your pick. It's one of the two. The president is Donald Trump. I've had to watch <laughs> Michael Avenatti and Stormy Daniels in 2019. Like, like it's just uh, why not? It's yeah, not no, this it's, it's a good point. Like, what audience do they think they're going to lose if they were to name it the BBC? Uh, people that are trying to tune in for EastEnders and are getting one hell of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the the Downton Abbey crowd. I, I'll tell you, as somebody who's watched Downton Abbey a little bit, like it could use a little bit more BBC in I there. I got to, good like, news for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send you a URL that's gonna blow your mind. <laughs>
I'm saying I, I got other dumb Florida news too. Well, you that know, last this... one was actually just delightful. It, it, yeah. Should that come to pass, we'd all live in a world that's slightly more beautiful and yeah. tolerant than the one we I've currently have. I've got no inhabit. problem with it. Let's I, do it. I have other actually great news too. It looks like they're going to ban a lot of vape carts, which you know uh, that's good for all of us because fuck the fuck those people, fuck vapors. Wow. Wait, vape vape carts. What? Oh, oh, cartridges. Vaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, right, so right, basically, yeah. what happened is uh, a bunch of stuff has come out about. We've had like four or five people die now. Mostly, it's unregulated vape cards. It was six. It was exactly six people. Oh, they six. made such My a bad. fucking big deal out of it. Damn, that's the same number that razor blades and apples killed, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let's. Let, I want to hear the the anti vape socialist Brett go off here. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't actually give a fuck about vaping one way or the other. It's just very funny to me that the president felt the need to go like new problem in country called vaping. Meeting today to let you know it's out there and uh, studying it carefully. Potentially very bad. Been deaths. These are exact quotes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, how much do we care? about uh, a cause of death that's like lower than the number of people who die like trying to get their snacks out of a vending machine every year here's the thing i people use that as a go-to for like a dumb way to die and i want to push back a little bit uh just like i did when i got trapped under the vending machine (laughs) (laughs) the georgia alarm company that me and brett worked (laughs) here's the thing on a long enough shift and with enough desire for Funyuns, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. So let's use some empathy. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't really. Uh, I can't really say anything on the vaping uh, front because I have plowed through about three quarters of a pack of uh, Camel Light ninety nines uh, while we've been recording. So this this doesn't touch me. Yeah, you know what? That that also sort of shoots my idea that, you know, with some government regulation, they'll make sure that it's safe and not actually going to kill you. <laughs> I also just enjoyed this because uh, the quote-unquote, I can't believe I'm saying this, vape community is uh, <laughs> very up in arms. And there is a whole sort of like running joke in the last election that they're the ones who helped get Trump elected in the first place. Uh, including that that uh, that one d bag who used to run around getting people to sign that pledge to never raise taxes. That guy's like a super big vape advocate now. Grover Norquist, right. yeah, Grover Norquist. <laughs> and so he was like, "How dare they betray the vapors?" I fucking hate. <laughs> yeah. You know how I was saying that before we started recording, I was talking how like, you know, Marathon is the name of the guy that. Uh, he ran to alert the Greeks of the Persian invading armies. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that was a great thing. And he gave us all. And then, you know, his, his name persevered, but even still a lot of people have forgotten that it's really annoying that Grover Norquist has lodged its name. In my brain. <laughs> like I had to watch so much crossfire in the nineties that just all these Bob Novak, Grover Norquist, Ezra Klein people are just permanently in there. Probably <laughs> pushing out the, the memory of my father's face, but what can you do? Yeah, so yeah, produce and, more takes. And Rob, Rob, I thought your your problem was going to be that uh, nobody now remembers, you know, this is like a national conversation, and nobody remembers the name of Jeff Vape, um, the, the inventor of the vape, and the guy who, you know, brought it to prominence. I, well, I think it's a real the- shame. It is, and you know what? This is that's that classic thing. Uh, Nikolai Vape actually had better ideas, but <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What if we could transmit the vape clouds directly through the air?" <laughs> <laughs> Look, his racial politics weren't perfect, but when it came to vaping, he had that down. <laughs> so we'll go from one dumb trashy article to another. Um, this one's coming from New Jersey here. So Wait, a this... dumb, trashy article from New Jersey? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, that's bad writing. Just pick one of the adjectives and we'll surmise the rest. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry for the redundancy. As a master of the fine arts, I can't let that one go. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, local gadfly in New Jersey came out one day to find um, both of his cars had been trashed. And... Unsurprisingly, there was a, a video recording of it, and it turns out that the people who trashed his cars were two cops who put on disguises because uh, to and explicitly came to his house to fuck up his cars because he had filed police complaints against them. 
They're just wearing like fake ass like Mario mustaches. Whatever they were wearing, it wasn't that effective because they immediately identified them. Right. Yeah, I thought my instant response to this was like, damn, like what made them think they could get away with something this blatant and stupid? And then I had like three more seconds worth of time to think about it. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The every they're, every they're part not, of society. Not yeah. known, that that species is not known for its uh, creativity or discretion. Yeah, I, I mean, apparently they wrecked it up. What, what is it? It looks like they they broke the windows and and slashed all the tires. Slash all that, which like that's beyond the pale. Those were the last two non-slashed tires in Asbury Park. <laughs> they also rode their bikes up. So it's two cops. On their personal bicycles, riding up to support for that bit. (laughs) (laughs) Riding up, slashing tires. You see them in the bike lane. It's like, hey, okay, like on our way to slash our tires. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're just they're just waving around their like confiscated butterfly knives. You know, they've all been (laughs) practicing it in the fucking like uh, the police precinct uh, locker room. They, uh, I I was cracking up too because this dude. Reading between the lines here, this guy has constant complaints about the police and just everyone in the city. Like, he's one of those dudes, right? Just the the, the loud, irritating neighbor who's upset about everything. He's absolutely, uh, like, the number one user on Nextdoor yes, in his, uh, in his is, neighborhood. That's yeah. 100% the vibe I got from reading this. <laughs> he's right about the police, of course. Like, please keep doing that. But uh, he was like, uh, the quote is, I'm a concerned citizen, outspoken critic of Asbury Police Department, but this goes beyond beh- behind the pale. I think he misspoke there. This goes beyond <laughs> the pale. And he was saying, I just didn't think it would be in the scope of police officers to do something like that, proving that this man has never paid attention to any news about the police <laughs> in the last decade. Could have been quoting my book, Behind the Pale. It's my autobiography. <laughs> I'm not just now albino Slav. I have thoughts and feelings. Too. Oh man, yeah, uh, erotic novel, uh, Amazon only release about milkmaids called Behind the Pale. <laughs> ah, right. uh, that's a good one. Yeah, there it is. Uh, they so they did actually fire one of these two dudes, which hey, that's more than they do when people shoot somebody. Uh, and the other ones, the other <laughs> oh ones on that. God. That's it's, so sad that Asbury Park is somehow more progressive on policing their own cops. Yep, and the other one just got administrative leave. Uh, oh, oh, one other good quote from this dude too. Uh, quote: "I'm constantly harassed by the police wherever I go. It's just the nature of my work." He doesn't seem to have a job. He just makes complaints. To be clear, <laughs> he's got a he's got an Amazon affiliate link for uh, making complaints <laughs> on Nextdoor about the police. Look, neither of these people are, are kings exactly, but if I have to choose in a conflict between cops and someone who is very clearly a poster, uh, they have support <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, he did get a cop fired, so critical support. <laughs> That's fucking praxis. The most irritating possible version of it, just like the DSA. And yet the most popular form we see today. <laughs> posting, you know, hoping it works out, I guess. <laughs> Come on, guys, do better. You could also podcast and hope it works out. <laughs> Don't let your grandkids ask you what you did at this t- very important time and not have an answer that links to a Patreon. <laughs> this is going to be the first generation where... Kids are going to be able to see their parents' posts. Yeah, yeah, that's already happening. Yeah, that would be so embarrassing. Like our generation, we're old enough where we have friends with kids. It's a thing. So, like, it, I'm imagining myself in the sixth grade and just like finding your mom's porn video. That's the thing that happens too now. <laughs> in, in Florida specifically, it, it I've actually had multiple stories for in Florida for this. But just the idea that you could own someone by by being like, oh yeah, well, guess what. Your dad has no clout on Twitter, bitch. <laughs> hey, check out your dad trying to make a riff. This goes nowhere. I didn't understand it or like it, loser. Like that? You could get multi-generational. Well, it's, you know, guys, it's it's like they say, you know, like, if you imagine what you were posting during the Holocaust or uh, it, what you were posting during the civil rights struggle, that's exactly what you're posting today. Cringe, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's so 
I never thought about that before. That's so creepy to me that like, not only could I like bully you, if I'm feeling spry, I could go bully your dad too. <laughs> it's a whole new world for boys. Yeah, I, I will say though, uh, by all means, if you can find my dad on social media, please do bully him. <laughs> Look, buddy, I, I'm doing my best. Okay? <laughs> I, I know the check's in the mail, but I, I, I promise it'll get done. Just be patient. Uh, yeah, I was saying, they, they got the woke kids being like, will you please bully my father? <laughs> right. <laughs> All he does is comment on Trump tweets saying, thank you, sir. Just, just your mom is taking a picture of everyone at, at Thanksgiving dinner, and then she has to pause and go like, Brett, um, um, who's Dan, and why does he keep saying, y'all goofy AF? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is... What do you think is going to be more embarrassing in like 10 years, though? Um, your dad was a Trump reply guy or your dad was a like hashtag resistance Trump reply. Oh, guy. the most embarrassing is thinking we're going to be alive in 10 years. OK, fair enough. Damn. You got your <laughs> wordplay on that one. <laughs> uh, Trump reply guy, for sure. No, yeah. I, w- I would much. Well, it's tough because the politics, obviously, like. Trump reply guys are abhorrent, but I do like that. It, like, if I had to pick a dad, I don't want the bloodless lib dad. Yeah, you know, thankfully that that is not what I got, right? <laughs> but how many? If your dad was like the guy who wrote the the Mueller abs children's book, right, right, that's so much worse than someone who like replies to all of AOC's posts like, "You got a nice smile, but nothing in your head, huh?" Like that, <laughs> that guy's just horny and dumb. Yeah, and that's that's a way to and be. also apparently from the twenties. <laughs> that, hey, Toad's back in my day. We we didn't let a pretty little thing like you get into politics. Yeah, uh, a- a- AOC may have some good games, but she doesn't have anything going on upstairs. <laughs> Look, is, aren't, are you are you saddened by the fact that I made your experience a little more whimsical? <laughs> not at all. What voice do these guys have? Really, it's not. It's not one you want to see recreating those words. <laughs> That's <Right>. true. <laughs> I'm not going to do a, an actual impression of a Trump reply guy because it's just fucking gross. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, fair point. All right, well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, this has been Brett at Realist Board, Rob at Dumb and Awful. The show account is at Dumb Awful Show. And we've had with us Matt at Matt the Gwait. I'm sorry that it made me sound like an infant when I said that, I but that's the actual what you thing. Just said actually, say it again. Matt the Great. That's your Twitter handle. Yeah, that's my my Twitter handle. It comes from a an. I think uh, you it's, already know it, you have to explain it. That's good. Yeah. Well, I I know that it's it's uh it's a joke that I've been using since high school. So we're talking like mm. twenty years ago because I'm back when baby talk was cool. Right. Well, no, it, it comes from a there was a a Stephen King story where. Uh, the like the gal in the story is talking about her like horrible sister who had a speech impediment and would always read the Wizard of Oz to her and pronounce it Oz the Great and Terrible. Uh, and so uh, I adopted Matt the Great and Terrible uh, as a uh, like a nickname for like passing notes between um, buddies who I was selling weed with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh when i sounded for twitter it was like well i'll just use that old nickname so yeah it's it's matt the great with the w it's 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 bad but it's not just baby talk it's um i don't know i'm it's not, not just baby talk it's also it's not a just baby, you have no it's, way of it's, knowing it's, <laughs> it's, also, it's also a terrible reference to like the biggest like pulp horror hack of our generation so you know, right I'm, a, I'm on multiple it. levels of irony with that one that's that's going to be my excuse. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. And then uh, your pods, pods yeah, it's been plural, guys. No, All right, take yeah, a deep breath. So, Go. Um, yeah, you want me to do this one in one breath? Okay, let me uh, take a big drag off the cigarette. All right, I have three podcasts. One of them is called Liquid Flannel. That's at Liquid underscore Flannel on Twitter. It's me and my friend Brendan who do. Uh, leftist politics pop culture commentary weekly and we get a whole bunch of people on that uh, you probably follow if you're following the show also Uh, i've got the breadline at the breadline pod on twitter and that is about leftism and food issues and we have been on hiatus but there are 
uh, lots of back uh, episodes for you to go and listen to, and I'm going to try to get that one going soon, because uh, food issues are... Everybody's going to fucking starve to death during climate change, y'all. Like, we need to be building food and climate resiliency, community resiliency around food specifically, um, and that's what we're hoping to do with yeah. that one. And Food then is not if... going to become more accessible, certainly. Right. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, good work. Yeah, and especially not, especially not if you live in, uh, like, a big urban area, like the middle of the north texas metroplex like i do where like you know once the supply chain shut down like it's literally like a fucking like 10 mile journey to get out to anything approaching land you know much less like more food so uh and then if you are a giant nerd like me and my co-hosts on the redwall podcast and you were a big fan of brian jakes's uh redwall series we're rereading all of those books and attacking not attacking we we actually really like them but uh definitely doing like deep dive critique uh on the redwall books uh talking about the politics of of those books that's at the redwall pod on twitter and that's got like actual rewards on patreon you can get food uh like really good food recipes uh, based on the Redwall book. So if you like that, then do that. And otherwise, guys, like, this has been super fun. You didn't ask me how I got radicalized. That was part of the fucking outline. Yeah, we jump around. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. This has been, this has been super fun, though. And yeah, thanks thank for, you for I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, for everybody listening, uh, we have a Discord. Feel free to pop in if you want to blow off work and bullshit about politics or food or video games. We've got all that jazz. Uh, we have a Patreon. As we mentioned before, we do bonus content, um, a variety of which, and more stuff planned now that we're almost done with this hellish move. And uh, uh, oh, and feel free to rate us on iTunes or whatever your app is of choice uh, or write a review. It helps us because everything is run by algorithms. And for some hellish reason, it makes a big difference and it puts us in front of left-leaning libs, which is a very good thing. Yeah. Do that for literally any pod you listen to. Like, yep. like the Patreon, uh, you don't have to support every pod. Certainly like there's only so much money, right? But just 15 seconds of starring, you know, beep, beep, lettuce, five stars, and saying, this was good, puts it in front of way more people. Yep. So, yep. That's something everyone can do. So, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, y'all. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks, Matt.